Alrighty, everybody. Well, good afternoon. I just wanted to welcome you all again. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and today's a very special day. We have a guest speaker in the house, and his name is Pastor Vince. Um, but before he comes up, I just want to take a moment to honor him and share with you all that he has been such a blessing to my family and I, and we've known him for quite a while. Um, but it wasn't until recently, like this past year, that I got to hear him speak and lead worship. And um, I just want to share the first time that I saw him lead worship, um, his church's electricity went out. Do you remember that day? Yeah, yeah. So I walked in, and he wasn't able to play the keys or, like, use the mic. Um, and he wasn't even in the main sanctuary building. It was just him and his acoustic guitar. And, oh, my goodness, it was so anointed. And um, just that day has impacted me in how you've led worship. So I just want to say thank you so much for honoring the Lord with your gifts and being obedient to him. You've impacted my life and my family's life. And we're just so blessed to have you today. So if you all would stand to your feet, can we give a nice warm welcome to Pastor Vince? Thank you so much for that um, introduction. I mean, I am super blessed to be here. I'm honored to, to come and, and worship with you guys, and so uh, God is good all the time. And I talked to Pastor Rick. He said, you guys, you guys are on fire, and y'all like to talk back. And so, so I know I didn't come to a dead church. I came to a church that was alive and active. Amen. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Now, in my, now if you don't know my, my race or my nationality, I am Samoan. And so, uh, so you know, when we greet each other, we say Talofa, all right? And so, so on a count three, say Talofa. Talofa. All right, Talofa. So whenever you see someone or you see me, you say, hey, Talofa, Vince, good to see you guys, right? So now, now you know how to say hello in Samoan, okay, all right? And so, uh, but, uh, yeah, my name is Vince Pomele. Um, I come all the way from Vallejo, California, amen? So it took a bit of a, a drive to get here uh, to be with you guys, but we made it here safely. I have my daughter, Genesis, with me, trying to keep her occupied, you know, so, um, so she's here. Unfortunately, my wife and my son are at home, and uh, actually, I just got back. I spoke at a church this morning um, as well, and so right after, there, after that service, I, I came here to just minister and, and hang out and fellowship with you guys. So I am truly blessed. When Pastor uh, Rick had, had called me and, and asked if I would come and, and, and speak, and, you know, I was like, man, no problem. You know, I love Pastor Rick. Um, Anna and the family and you guys, they're just amazing people. Every time I see them, so blessed to be around their presence. And um, I love to glean off of Pastor Rick, too, as well. He's an amazing man of God. So you guys have an amazing pastor. So get, show some love to your pastor, amen. Even though right now they're on vacation, enjoying their little time off, which is much needed. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. You know, so, you know, pastors, they need a break, too. They need a break, too. A lot of times the church is like, Pastor, I need you to do this. Pastor, I need you to do this. Pastor, can you pray for this? Pastor, can you come visit this? And the pastor's like, man, I need a break. So, so I'm, I'm just thankful that I can come and uh, give, them, give them that opportunity for them to go away and hang out. And so without further ado, I'm ready to jump into the word this morning. How many are ready to receive the word today? Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much, ladies, for man, that, that time in God's presence. Such a sweet spirit. Amen. And uh, I'm really proud of you guys. I know how it feels. I know how it is to... To minister to my dad was a pastor and I started off playing drums actually with my first playing drums with my first instrument and then our keyboard player became he was my dad's assistant pastor he became a he got called to pastor a church in Seattle and so we didn't have a keyboard player and my dad told me son just hop on the piano I said dad I don't even know how to play the drums he goes it's okay guys gonna, gonna show you I said all right so I hopped on the, and they were singing like then sings my soul 
and I was playing the key of Z when it's supposed to be in the key of F, you know? And it's like, but my dad said, it's okay. And all the elders and the people were giving him that look like, Pastor, are you sure? He's, he's like, don't worry, God's gonna bless him. And, and long story short, man, God has really like um, given me a gift to, to play and, and to sing. And I don't really consider myself a singer, but you know, I, I just did it because it needed to be done. And I wanted to serve, so God used me. So I'm just grateful that, you know, that's the great thing about God. It don't matter who you are and where you come from and, and what your background is, whether you have experience or not. You know, God is a God who wants to bless his children with gifts that we can use to edify and encourage the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? Right? And so, ladies, I just want to say I encourage, I encourage you, I admire you, and I appreciate you guys for just tilling the ground for your parents, serving, uh, you, allowing God to use you. Um, and don't ever, don't ever compare yourself among anybody else. It don't matter how good they are. God will use you. Be confident in what you have and the gift that God has given you, and God will use that, and he will draw many. He will encourage many. And so I just want you guys to know I'm proud of you guys, and man, I, I enjoy being in God's presence because not quite often I get to do that. I'm always serving, serving, leading, leading, preaching, preaching. And so it's such a great feeling to be able to just be in the presence of the Lord and just worship. So can we give a round of applause for the worship team? Come on. Amen. So I honor you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, again, uh, I don't know if you, were you able to get that picture. No, by any chance? No, it's okay. So yeah, so my wife Keisha and I, we've been married for four years. Yes, we are st considered still newly newlyweds, right? And so we've been married for four years. We have two children, beautiful children. Uh, my daughter Genesis, who's three years old, and then our son Psalm, who is 14 months. And so we have our hands full. For, so all the parents make some noise. You know what I'm talking about, right? All right, and so uh, we have our hands full, but, man, we've just been tremendously grateful and blessed uh, that God has blessed me and my family, and, um, yeah, I'm just excited. And so they send their love. My wife sends her love and says, uh, you know, praying for you guys and, and blessing upon you and the family. And so, um, well, today, you know, I've been praying. I want to share today with you guys. Uh, I, th I feel like this is, this is um, it's fitting for especially church as a whole and for Christians and believers as a whole. Um, and today I want to talk about something that I really feel like man, has impacted my life or I've seen it in my life, I've experienced it in my life. And I'm sure for some of the OGs that are here, when I say OGs, you know, the, the OGs, right? And so the elders, you guys you guys have been through a lot. I'm only, I, I turned 42, so I'll be 43 this year. Um, so you guys, you guys know, like, serving the Lord, following Christ, um, being involved in ministry, um, not, not, it's not always easy. And I feel like this word um, that God has spoken to me really will encourage us today to, to continue to keep moving forward and spreading the gospel and spreading the hope and light that Christ has given us. Can I get an amen? And so I don't know, uh, even though you guys start church at 2 o'clock, how many still feel kind of tired? Even, even though you start at 2, how many still kind of tired? Because I remember back in the days, we used to start church at 1 o'clock, 2 as well. So I don't know exactly how y'all feel. And even though we started church at 1 o'clock, I, I would still feel tired. I'm like, man, I, I woke up at, what, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, right? And, and, and we started church at 1 o'clock. I would still feel tired. So and, and for some reason, that's just how life is at times. There's times where you're going to go through a season where you're going to feel tired. Somebody said, I feel tired. Amen. And it's okay. It's okay to feel tired, right? And when you look throughout Scripture, and when you look throughout Genesis to Revelations, when you look, out, look throughout church history, and even in our own personal lives, right, uh, we will, there will be seasons of weariness. Someone say seasons of weariness, right? The Hebrew word for weary is ayap. Someone say ayap. 
which can be translated as tired, exhausted, or fatigue. Right? This word is often used to describe someone who is physically drained either from work or from illness. In the Bible, the word ayap is used to describe both physical and emotional fatigue. But how many, so how many of us are experienced physical and emotional fatigue? But yeah, how many of us are, are experiencing spiritual fatigue? Right? That's a good question to, to think about. I mean, in my personal life, I remember when COVID hit, when COVID hit, obviously they shut the churches down. We couldn't meet on Sundays. And so now we had to result in, in recording uh, sermons and uh, worship uh, and announcements and everything. Try to, try to put everything into a video so that way you can watch it online and feel like you're at church from home, right? And which is great. I, I love church because there's some Sundays where, where you get to just relax and say, you know what? I'm just going to watch service from home. And maybe, I don't know, Pastor Rick said you guys don't do service at home. So, uh, but it's okay. Nothing wrong with that, all right? But, but I remember we were doing that, and, and I was in charge of making sure, like, worship was getting, you know, worship was good. Sending out planning center, scheduling people who is, who's leading worship, who's playing guitar, who's playing bass, all right, who's preaching, that's between me and Pastor Scott, um, who's going to be doing sound, who's going to be on camera. And so during COVID, I, you know, I was in making sure that all that was running, we were recording. On top of that, I would have to come in on Saturdays and edit everything that we just recorded. So some, there were Sundays where I was going until like 1 or 2 in the morning because I would come in like at 8 or 9 because I'm bivocational. So I was working. On top of that, I had my family. I had kids. So trying to juggle everything, I was doing all of this, recording, trying to get service up, running, you know, make sure we upload it on social media so it can be played so that people can watch it at 10 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. was our service. And so I was going through that, that, that part of my life in, in 2020. And then when we got into 2021, you know, we're, okay, all right, now we now they now say, okay, now we can be able to meet in person. Now trying to adapt to, like, getting people to come in person, uh, trying to figure out ways to, all right, okay, this COVID is still out. How do we protect people? How do we show people that we still love them? So the, so the burden of all that was heavy. It was a lot. And, and it was funny because God gave me a vision to relaunch Bridgeway, not in the sense that we're starting a new church. It's just, just a relaunch, a fresh start after everything that just happened. And, um, and it wasn't until we did a relaunch in July, or I think in June or July, Pastor Scott, who I was, um, um, I was serving underneath, uh, he, he had shared with me months after. He goes, man, I didn't tell you, but I was physically tired. I was, I was fatigued. I was drained. I was tired. I was emotionally, spiritually tired. I didn't have it in me. And he's like, man, I thank God for you because you helped continue to keep the, the train moving forward. But he didn't know that I was tired. But see, I come from an era I'm Samoan, so I'm a Samoan warrior. My dad is Samoan. So my dad, he, he was like, serve, serve Jesus, serve until Jesus comes. It don't matter how tired you are. And so I, you know, I was like my dad, like a mighty warrior. I didn't care how tired I was. I didn't care at what expense it was. I wanted to make sure that my pastor, whatever vision he had, that that vision was going to go forward despite how I was feeling. Are you with me today? Right? And so when 2020, when 2021 came, I was tired. I was fatigued, and I didn't know it, but I, I tried to play it out. Like, I'm good. I'm okay. But I was emotionally tired. I was drained. And at that time, my daughter was born in 2020, right? And then, and then she turned one, you know, turned one that year. So it was a tough year for me. It was a tough year. I was tired. And when Pastor Scott shared that with me, but I knew, but I think that it's important because someone like me, when it comes to serving God, when it comes to ministry, I'm on a go, go, go. 
I'm going to run, 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 and I'm going to sprint, sprint, sprint. Now, that's just probably just me. It may not be you, but it's probably just me, right? And that's just how I am. I'm just go, 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 run, 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 sprint, sprint, sprint. And so, but if we're not careful, we can find ourselves being tired, um, exhausted, and unmotivated, and we start to become complacent with life. We start to become complacent even in our walk with God. Right? You know, you used to be on fire and praying for the Lord, and your prayer's like, yes, Lord, come on, we know you can do it. So like, yes, Lord, now I know you can do it, Jesus. All right? Right? And so, but there's seasons of weariness will appear when you least expect it, but they will show up in our life if we are not intentional. Someone say intentional. If we're not aware of what's causing us to being tired. Are you with me today? Right? See, right now I'm going through a transition in my life. I just resigned from Bridgeway that I've been at for 10 years, right? And, and I felt God calling me into a new season of my life. And, and I've been serving there as a pastor for over the 10 years. And, and so and it, was all, it was an amazing time. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. And I'm grateful for Pastor Scott. You might know Pastor Scott, right? That's Pastor, <laughs> Pastor Steve's brother his twin brother. And so, man, I've learned a lot from Pastor Scott, and, I've, and he's allowed me to grow as a young man, as a young pastor, as a young preacher, and, and, and he has taught me so much, and I've learned a lot at Bridgeway. Now I'm in a point where, where now we're kind of like on a sabbatical, and you're like, well, how are you on a sabbatical when you're preaching today? Well, well that's my business, amen, <laughs> right? And so, 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 so now I'm in kind of like a, a sabbatical to where I'm not worried about church operations. I'm not worried about setting up and, 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 and how service is going to be ran and, and that, this and that, right? Uh, we're kind of enjoying this. My wife and I and my family, we're enjoying this moment. And she's allowed me to have one Sunday a month where I can go and minister. And so that's why this Sunday I was able to be here because it's that month where I get to choose, right? Or that Sunday I get to choose to, to still minister. Because she know I'm passionate about, passionate about like serving God and and, and preaching and, and just, man, man, fellowshipping. I love that. And I think, I'm grateful for that my wife supports me in that area too as well because she knows I have a calling in my life. And God has a calling in hers as well. And so, so, but right now we're in that transition. But I must say, it is an amazing time right now that I'm enjoying. Amen. And so, you know, but, but I think it's important, you know, to understand, like, and the question is this uh, that we could ask ourselves is, what does weariness look like? If you're taking notes, what does weariness look like? I mean, weariness can look different for a lot of us. A lot of us, right? We have all different ages that's here today. We have from three years old to maybe, you know, 70 years old. However old you are, weariness can look different for all of us. Maybe you're physically exhausted from working long hours, working a job where it's like you're just working, 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 right? Or maybe you're exhausted from taking care of your family. Or maybe you're emotionally drained from the heartache of difficult relationships. How many got some difficult relationships, right? You got some family members where you just get on your nerves, amen? All right? And so, well, maybe for some of us, we're emotionally drained or some of us are stressed out and tired from big life decisions or transitions. Weariness is different for all of us. Some of us can be mentally exhausted from school or from work or from marriage or from family. Some of us can be tired and exhausted for caring for a loved one with special needs, which I, uh, I applaud you and amend you for that. Or maybe we're here, maybe here's one right here. Uh, some of us are spiritually tired and exhausted from trying to live up to other people's expectations. Probably not this church, but maybe there's some, there's some people out there, right? How about this one? Maybe you're tired of feeling you can't measure up to God's standards. 
Or maybe you're tired from doing ministry. And I get it. I get it. That happens. That's, that's, that's where weariness and where we recognize and are able to see that weariness is creeping in. Can I get an amen, right? And so, which leads me to my anchor point this morning is this. Rest is your weapon to use against seasons of weariness. Let's say it together. Rest is your weapon to use against seasons of all right, let's say it one more time. There's like, there's 500 of us. I know we can be better than that. One, two, three. Rest is a weapon to use against seasons of weariness. Now, maybe you've already gone through that season. You understand what I'm talking about. But maybe right now you're in that season. Or maybe you haven't gone through that season, but eventually you will come across that season. You and weariness will come face to face eventually. Amen. Amen. Because if you don't get tired, well, I need you to, we need to talk because I need to know how you do it, how you don't get tired. Amen. Right? And so, so, so rest is your weapon to use against seasons of weariness. And it's a, common, it's a common theme that I want you to see here, right? It's important to realize that there is a reason why God took a break after he created the heavens and earth and mankind. The Bible says he what? He created everything. On the sixth day and on the seventh day, what he what? Rested. So if God created everything, he worked day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, and day six. But then he decides, you know what? I'm just going to rest today and relax. Then what, what should that tell us? That in our walk with God, in our lives, period, we should find moments where we are taking a rest. Now, for me, someone like me, that's, that's kind of hard to do at times. But that's what I'm learning in my season is learning to rest, learning to take a sabbatical, right? Because the word rest means sabbat in Hebrew. Somebody say sabbat, right? And that means, so the word sabbat literally means to stop. Somebody say stop. Turn to anybody and say stop. So there's this uh, funny, there's this funny, I don't know if it was a, uh, a show or something, but it's a quick clip, and it's about this lady. She comes in, and she meets with this uh, psychiatrist, and she, she talks. He goes, oh, okay, welcome. Thank you for coming. He's like, yeah. He goes, yeah, tell me what's going on. It's like, yes, you know, I've been having these, I've been having these weird anxieties and feelings where I feel like so I'm going to get buried in a box. Somebody's going to bury me six feet deep and put me in a box. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, yes, I've been having this, I'm having, like, crazy anxiety where I feel like I'm, like, claustrophobic. I'm in a box, and even if I'm in a house, I feel like I get this feeling, right? And he's like, oh, wow, wow. And, and then she's like, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't, even if I go into a restaurant or I go into Starbucks or, or if I step into a building or, and I feel like I'm, like I'm going to be buried alive, he goes, oh, wow. I said, okay, well, I'm going to give you two words, two words, simple words, and, and this, this will help you. If you take it, it will help you. And she's like, okay. Um, should I take out a pen and pad and, and take some notes? He goes, no, I think that you can be able to remember this. It's pretty, pretty, pretty easy, pretty simple, right? Pretty simple. Two words. And she said, okay, here are the two words. Are you guys ready for the two words? And he told her, okay, if I say these two words, all you got to do is take it and apply it to your life. All right, what are those two words? These are the two words. Stop it. And she was like, stop it? He was like, yeah, stop it. He's like, what do, you mean, what do you mean stop it? He's like, no, just, just stop it. Stop it. What you do? I don't know how you can live like that. I mean, I'm, 
I'm frightened even thinking about being buried alive. Is anybody trying to bury you alive? She's like, no. I said, well, then just stop it. Right? And I think sometimes, I think in our life, there's moments where you just got to tell yourself to just stop it. Right? Stop worrying. Stop, stop, stop allowing stress and anxiety to overcome and overtake your life. Are you with me today? Right? Stop allowing the, uh, the problems and the worries of life to weigh you down. Stop allowing your past, right, to keep you from moving forward into the destiny that God has for you. Right? Stop allowing your age to think that God can't use you, whether you're 13 or 80 years, years old. Stop it. Because God can use you. Look at what he did to Abraham. He was, what, 75, 87 years old and they had a baby. I'm not saying that you're going to go and have a baby right now. I'm just saying, stop it. Are you with me today? And we just need to learn to stop, right? We just, because we're always going to want to run and we always want to go and we always want to do this. But there's moments in our life where God just says, hey, just stop. Take a sabbatical. Take a break. Relax. Are you with me today? So let's look, in, let's look into scripture and see what God says about how rest is your weapon to use against seasons of weariness. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 9. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 5 through 9. If you have it, say amen. If you don't, say oh man. <laughs> All right? So I don't know if you guys do this at your church, but I always do this. So if you, if you are physically able, could you please stand with me so we can read God's word. Amen. Did we, oh, we have it on here? Oh, awesome. We can all read it together. Amen. One, two, three. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up and eat. Turn to your neighbor and say, get up and eat. He looked around and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coils and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then the Lord and then lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. Tell your neighbor, say, get up and eat. Come on, get up and eat. I'm hungry right now. Amen. For the journey is too much for you. So he got up and he ate and drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. There he went into a cave and spent the night. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time in your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we pray, God, as your word goes forth, God, that you will speak truth and revelation. Give us understanding and help us today in Jesus' name. We all say amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. So 1 Kings chapter 19, we see that Elijah um, is sleeping underneath a tree. But prior to this, it's important to understand why he's sleeping underneath the tree. Prior to this, in verses, in, in chapter 19, verses 1 through 4, there was a lady named Jezebel who is, who is uh, in search and looking for Elijah. Because pr prior to verse 19 and verse 18, Elijah just defeated 450 prophets on the mount uh, that served Baal on Mount Carmel. He just killed all these prophets. He went head to toe. One man versus 450 prophets. Come on, somebody, right? So Elijah did an amazing thing. God used him in a mighty way. God showed up in a way that Dave never thought that he would show up. 
And so he just defeated 450 prophets, false prophets. And so now we come to a point in verse 19 where a lady named Jezebel hears about what just happened and what Elijah did and how he killed those prophets. So you know what happens? Starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read it to you guys so we understand. In verse 1 it says, in verse 19 verse 1 it says, when Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. Verse 2, so Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, right? So now we see that Jezebel is sending a message. Hey, I need you to send this message to Elijah, and I need you to tell him this exactly. For all my young people, this is what, this is what Jezebel said. I need you to DM Elijah and tell him this. So she says this, may the God strike me and even kill me if, if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you, you not killed you, just as you had killed them. Verse 3, then Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to um, Beersheba, a town in Judah, which Judah means praise, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone in the wilderness, traveling all days, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed. Check this out. And he prayed that he might die. I, I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than any, any of my ancestors who have already died. So isn't, isn't this interesting? He just defeated 450 prophets, but now he's fleeing for his life from one, from one person, let alone it is a woman that he is fleeing from. That tells you how much power a woman can have, amen? All, right, all, the, all the ladies say, hey, amen, right? And so, 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 so my guy... He, he just defeated 450 prophets. He finds out, he gets a, me, he gets a message that, that, uh, that Jezebel is, gonna, is coming out to kill him. So there's a threat that's being given to Elijah at this moment. Are you with me today? Right? So, so then the Bible says, hey, what? He starts to flee, and then he prays to God. Don't ever pray this prayer. Lord, please take my life. He wants to commit suicide. So he is going through a very depressing, crazy moment in his life to where he wants, he said, I don't want to live no more. Like, you know, he says, man, I, I, was, I was better off than my ancestors. And now he's going through this season in his life where he's like, he's had, he's had enough. God, I have enough. I can't move on. I can't move forward. I don't feel like carrying on. I, man, I, I just can't do it no more. And how many of us are, have gone through that season in your life? I'm not saying you want to commit suicide, or maybe you have. Or maybe you had those thoughts where you say, you know what? I can't carry on no more. I don't know if I can keep, if, if I can keep doing this. I don't know if I can keep praising. I don't know if I can keep worshiping. I don't know if I can keep serving God because you're, you're going through things in your life where you're tired and you're exhausted and you're fatigued and you just want to give up. Are you with me today? Or maybe you know somebody that's going through something like this right now. I guarantee you there's somebody that you know in your life that is going through something like this in their life. Are you with me today? Right? And so, so but I love the point that, that God sees what Elijah is going through. And, and God, what, sends an angel and he, what, appears before Elijah while Elijah is sleeping. He says, Elijah, Elijah, you need to eat. You need to drink. Right? He says, get up and eat. Get up and drink. 
get up and eat and get up and drink. See, that's the problem. A lot of us, when we're going through weary seasons, when we're feeling tired and fatigued and exhausted in our lives, we don't feed ourselves. Are you with me today? We don't feed ourselves. I'm not talking about physically because we all can eat. Right? You can make a bowl of cereal. But sometimes, right, there are people who are out there who don't feed themselves physically. But there's people out there who don't feed themselves spiritually, right? Are you with me today? Right? And I think that's, there's moments when if we're not careful, where weariness begins to creep in, when you feel tired, that just like God is, is telling Elijah, Elijah, hey, get up. You need to eat. God is not what? He's not saying, okay, Elijah, if you want to eat, you can eat. Kind of like we do with our children, right? If you want to eat, mamas, you can eat. No, they need to eat. God is not, he's not, he's not giving you an option or saying, hey, if you would like to eat. No, he is commanding his children. He's commanding Elijah, you need to get up and eat. Get up and drink. Are you with me today? Right? So I'm encouraging today. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not an option for you and I when it comes to our walk with God to, to, to read the word whenever we feel like it or to read the word whenever things are going great. No, there is moments where, hey, when you are going through a season in your life where you feel like giving up or you feel like all hope is gone, you need to eat. Come on, somebody. You need to feed yourself spiritually. Because too many times that we rely on Pastor Rick, what, to feed us the word of God. But no, God has given you access to his word to feed yourself the word of God. I love it. I'm grateful for it. I'm thankful that we have a pastor who, who prepares, who what, who prepares and comes and feeds you and gives you a little something here and gives you a little something there, right? But it's important that there comes a point in your life, if you want to grow in your walk with God, you need to, oh, I need you to say it louder. You need to, so everybody go like this, eat, right? You need to eat. You need to drink. You're tired. You're tired. You're weary. You haven't taken enough rest. Can't you, can you see that you're not motivated like you used to be? Can't you see that everything you do is complacent? Don't you see that when you serve, you're a little lackadaisy, right? Because that means you need to eat spiritually. You need to drink spiritually. Because what does um, John chapter 6 says? It says what? They that eat, from, he is the bread of life. So when you eat from him, you will never go hungry again. When you drink from God, you will never be what? Thirsty again. You need to eat. You need to drink. When you're going through these seasons, that's why rest is a weapon for you and I. I think about, you know, the generals. The generals. You know, I think about amazing people back in the days where they would do miracles and signs and wonders. But as I read through, you ever read the book, the, the book of generals? Right? And, and when I think about these, uh, these men of God who are doing great things, who are the, the forerunners for us. Great miracles, great signs and wonders. But one thing that I noticed about all these generals is that they all died early before they turned 60. Because I think they, they forgot one thing is this, is that rest is their weapon. Kept going and 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 going. Right? It's like the Energizer Bunny. Kept going and going. I got, got bad news for you. We are not the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> Amen. Right, yeah, right, but it is important to, to rest. It is important to recharge. God is not telling you to run more. God is telling you to what? Rest more. Now, I'm not saying that you need to sleep, you know, all week. 
No, that's being lazy. Amen, right? What I'm saying is there got a moment where you, you just take a break. You turn off social media. You turn off the negativity. You turn off the noise. You turn off, you do a ministry, take a day where you just take off and not answer no ministry calls. And tell, and tell everybody, you know what? If you call me on this day, I'm not going to answer. That is my Sabbath. Amen. Right? And people say, well, I thought Sunday was Sabbath. Well, I mean, technically, if you want to go technical, really, Sabbath is on Saturday. But it's okay. It don't matter what day you worship. Because I don't just, Sabbath, I love worshiping on Sunday. But I don't just worship on Sunday. I worship on Monday. I worship on Tuesday. I worship on Wednesday. I worship on Thursday. I worship on Friday. I worship on Saturday. And guess what? I worship on Sunday. So the Sabbath can be every day for somebody. Amen. Are you with me today? Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, rest is a weapon. Rest is a weapon. Jesus says that I am the bread of life. If you eat from me, you will never go hungry again. I am the what? The living water. If you drink from me, I'll never go thirsty again. Think about the woman with the issue of blood, right? She's been trying and, 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 and finding all the doctors and spent all the money, and she's exhausted herself, tired, fatigued, and but she knew that, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I can be restored. I can be healed. I can be changed. I can be renewed. I can be re-energized if I can just touch the hem of his garment. Are you with me today, right? And, and, as, and as, as believers, as sons and daughters of God, when you come to that point where you are fatigued and tired, all you got to do is say, man, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the presence of God, if I can just spend one more moment in his presence, I know God can set me free. He can deliver me. He can encourage me. He can lift up my head because the Bible says that he's the mender of broken hearts. He's the lifter of our heads. If I can just spend one more moment in God's presence, I can receive the rest that I need. And the rest of my problems, the rest of my, of my pain, the rest of what I'm facing and going through, God will give me peace. He says what? Come to me all who are what? Weary and burdened. I will give you what? Two things. I will give you rest. But a lot of times we run to other things in life to give us rest. And we struggle. We struggle with this taking a Sabbath with God and in his presence. Are you with me today? The story of Esau and Isaac. You know, Esau was uh, found in, in Genesis. Esau was the oldest and, and Jacob was the youngest. And Esau, according to scripture, uh, he, he, what, he, was, he had the rightful he was rightful owner to his birthright. Everything that the father inherited, he had, what, the, the right to inherit all that blessing, all of it. Esau was a man's man. He, he was a hunter. He was going out there hunting and catching wild game and catching, you know, you know food and bring it back. And he would barbecue it and, and smoke it on the grill so that the family could eat. He was a man's man, right? And he had his brother Esau who was at home. He was a chef boardee. He was a mama's boy. Nothing against mama's boy. If you're mama's boy, nothing against that, right? My son, I think he's a mama's boy too. But he, but he was at home with mom most of the time. But the Bible, if you look at Genesis, the Bible says that Esau went hunting all day. And when he came back, the Bible said that he was tired, exhausted. Now, throughout that, his life, Jacob was being manipulated by his own mom. Because, he, you know, whenever you're the firstborn, you get everything. Right? But how many, how many believe this, that, that just because you get everything doesn't mean it all belongs to you because everything that we, that's given to us is from God. Can I get an amen? 
right? What you have and what you own is not because of you. It's because of God. God has blessed that to you. God has given you that spiritual inheritance. So Esau had this inheritance that he got from his family, but Jacob didn't get that inheritance. So his mother was plotting on his, on her, on his own brother. So no, you deserve that. You, you should have this, and you should get that. So guess what? One day when Esau comes back from hunting, he's what? Exhausted and tired. He smells from a mile away. Esau's cooking up some, something good. And he's like, man, that's, that's, that smells really good. Do you ever go to like or drive by somewhere or drive by a restaurant? You just, you, you, the smell just hits your nose, right? And you're like, man, that's good. I need to stop by there, all right? That's how they always get you, huh? Like when you pass by McDonald's, like, damn, McDonald's. Can you stop by there, right? Don't go to McDonald's. Not good. It's funny because my daughter always says when she sees McDonald's, she goes, Dada, McDonald's, nasty. That's right, mama, no McDonald's, <laughs> right? And so, but, you, you know, you smell. So from a mile away, Esau smells this, this amazing dish that's being cooked up. And so when he comes in, he's tired, he's drained, he got dirt and blood and, 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 and carrying his tools and got this, this, this wild boar on, on his back. And he comes to Jacob and, Jacob, what are you cooking? He's like, yeah, I'm making something good. And he goes, Jacob, give me something to eat. Give me something to eat. Jacob, give me something to eat. And that's why it's important to be intentional and being aware of weary seasons in your life. Because this is what happened to Esau. He, 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 he had the inheritance, the birthright. And because he was tired and exhausted, you know what he did? He says, brother, give me something to eat. And then, Esau, and then, and then Jacob says, okay. Give me your birthright, and I'll give you something to eat. And the Bible says he ate. He ate. So if we are not careful, and, and if we're not aware of these moments in our life, right, we can give up what is rightfully ours and trade it in for something that is meaningless. Come on, somebody. Because you know what he got to eat? A bowl of bean soup. Now, I know my Latinos, y'all love, love the beans. I love y'all love beans. But this is the bowl of beans. He didn't get no fajitas. He, he, didn't, he, right? he didn't get no steak or carne asada. No, a bowl of beans. He traded his birthright for a bowl of beans all because he was tired and exhausted. I, I, my young people, y'all need to catch this. Because there's going to be a point in your life where you're going to come face to face, where there's going to be a transition to where he's either you're going to keep your birthright, you're going to keep your, your, your maturity in God, you're going to keep your faith, you're going to keep your integrity with God, or you're going to trade it for the things of this world. Come on, somebody. Come. Can I get can I, all my elders? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Y'all gone through this, right? But he traded because he was tired and exhausted and fatigued. He traded his birthright for a bowl of beans. When he could have just learned how to cook and feed himself. And that's why it's important to, my, not, to ma, not make big decisions or any decisions when you're tired, weary, or fatigued. Are you with me today? Right? We, we can't make decisions when you're tired or when you're hangry. <laughs> Anybody get hangry over here? Or am I the only one? I get hangry sometimes. I'm sorry. I get, 
feeling hungry right now, right? I'm just kidding, right? Right? And so, but you know, when you when you when you're in those vulnerable moments, it is important to recognize that. And that's why you see with Elijah, he was in that moment where he was tired and fatigued and he wanted to give up. But God says, Hey, Elijah, get up, eat, get up and drink. Get up and eat. Get up and drink. Is we can't afford to not eat. We can't afford to not drink. Cause you know, if you don't drink water for a certain period of time, you start feeling a certain type of way. And if it goes a little bit longer, you're gonna get dehydrated. And when you get dehydrated, you can go into a place to where you're gonna pass out. You're gonna faint. Same thing spiritually. If we are not aware and we don't drink spiritually from the word of God or we don't fellowship or we don't connect with other brothers and sisters or we don't come on, you know, to, to connect groups or on Sunday mornings or we don't tune in, we don't worship, guess what? We start to get spiritually fatigued and tired and then we start what? Falling into temptation easily. Are you with me today? Come on, somebody. I'm not the only one talking here, right? Right? So it is important to recognize those moments in your life that when you are tired, Right? And so the threat with, with Jezebel, there's a threat in Elijah's life. Well, how do, well you're probably like, well, how does that threat co correlate with what's going on? Well, you guys know I have two kids that are under the age of three. And every time they start to get cranky, they start to fuss. My daughter's three, my son's only 14, and he likes to get all the toys, and my daughter thinks that all the toys are her toys. She'd be like, no, that's my toy. That's my toy. And she starts crying and throwing the fit and throwing a tantrum. Now you got both kids crying. I'm like, oh, what's going on here, right? And I look at my wife and say, you know what they need? They need a sleep. They need a nap. That's what they need. Right? All the, can, can, can I get a witness to all my parents out here, right? When they start acting that way, the first thing I look at and I say to my wife, oh, somebody needs to sleep. Oh, somebody needs to eat. Because they only act like that. And the moment I, I, I put them to take a nap, right, or to go to sleep, guess what? When they wake up, the threat is still there, but the mentality is different. Because now it's like, well, I guess I won't, I guess I, I won't play with that toy. I'll play with another toy. Same thing with Elijah, right? The threat was there, but the mentality was different at that time. And that's how it correlates what's going on in our own lives when we come through season of weariness. When you find yourself being cranky, tired, right, you start throwing a fit, you start acting up, you start doing things that you know you shouldn't do or you're not, you're not used to doing, right, just take a nap. Turn to the neighbor and say, just take a nap. Come on, turn to the neighbor and say, just take a nap. Not, not right now, I mean, but take a nap, all right? And I, I think that as I look, I look at weariness and tired and how we can hold us down we just need to find moments in our lives where we are intentional about taking rest now i'm not saying is that okay next sunday you guys all take off and not come to church and pastor rick's like what happened to my church no i'm not saying that y'all need to come to church next sunday when pastor gets back and then so that way you know yeah it won't just be him amen but finding those moments in your life where you're resting in the presence of god because rest is your weapon to use against seasons of weariness. We can't afford to not eat from the bread of life. We can't afford to not be in God's presence. We can't afford to not be in God's word. We can't afford to not spend time in worship and in prayer and in fellowship. We can't afford, right? We can't afford that because, because God needs you. God is what? 
relying and depending on us down here to be able to take the gospel and move it forward. And if you're weary and tired, and you and what the Bible says, Elijah said, after he ate, he was able to move into his destination 40 days and 40 nights into Mount Horeb, to the mountain of God. Because he said that if you don't eat, the road ahead will be very difficult. So if you don't feed yourself spiritually, you don't spend time in God's presence, the road ahead of you will be difficult. And there will come a point to you will you might even give up and you might even throw in the towel. But if I can what help you to um to 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 refrain from going that path and to help you understand and recognize and be more aware, more conscious of those moments in your life. When you learn to eat and feed, your, feed yourself spiritually, guess what? You'll be able to go the distance. Because how many want to go the distance, amen? How many want to go the distance and continue to keep serving God, even when it's difficult? Because I'm not going to lie to you. It's hard. It's not easy. But the Bible says that, well, when we come to him, if we're weary, he will give us peace and rest. Come on. Peace in a chaotic world. We need rest in a restless world. And our God is the only God that can, what, bring healing, recovery to our personal life, to our spiritual man, to our hearts in moments like these. Are you with me today? And so I just want to encourage you guys this, this afternoon, if you're going through a season of weariness, or when you come across a season of weariness, learn to rest in God's presence. Learn to take time and take a break and stop what you're doing. And just say, hey, God, I'm going to plug. I'm going to unplug from the world. I'm going to unplug from what I'm doing. Not saying that you shouldn't keep doing what you're doing. But I'm going to unplug. And I'm going to plug into the source that gives me strength. The source that will help me in these moments of my life. Can I get amen? Amen. Every eye is closed and every head bowed. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, that you are our Sabbath, Jesus. That we can come to you. Whenever we are wearied and tired and exhausted and fatigued. And Lord, that you will replenish us. We strengthen us, God. Rejuvenate, rejuvenate us, God. Re-energize us, God, Lord. So we can continue. God, help us to, to focus on feeding ourselves the word of life, the bread of life. Help us, God, to remain in your presence. To stay in your presence. You said there is better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And we believe that this morning, God. And we thank you, Father, Lord, that you are a God who loves us unconditionally. You are a God who is with us through the good and through the bad. You are a God who is with us through every season of our lives. And, God, we give you praise and we give you glory and give you honor. I thank you for all my brothers and sisters under the sound of my voice. I pray that this word would have encouraged them. And, and, and motivate them, God, to love you even more and to serve you. But most importantly, to learn to use rest as a weapon in times of weariness. God, we praise you, Holy Spirit, and we thank you for your revelation. We thank you for your word. And may you continue to bless us, Lord. And as we leave here but not from your presence, bless this church. Bless this church family, Pastor Rick, his wife, and all the leaders, and all the members. Bless them, God. I pray that you will continue to do great and mighty things in this church, God. And that you would reach, they would be able to reach 
the unreachable, God. I pray, God, that the laborers uh, and, uh, that are here, God, will continue to persevere and be encouraged that you are on the move, God, and do, you are doing mighty things in their lives. I thank you, Lord, for the, the lives that are coming through this church that will be changed by the power of you, Holy Spirit. And so we bless them and we say thank you, God, for your faithfulness upon this church. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say, amen, amen. Thank you so much, guys. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged today. Have a good rest of your Sunday. And may God be with you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.